are listening to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Adam Burton, and on this week's podcast, we are in our series, The Gospel of John, So That You May Believe. In this first message, we're going to see that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came to take away the sins of the world. If we can pray for you, please reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. Well, I hope you enjoy this message and stay tuned to the end for some more announcements. I know many of you are watching on your, your smart device right now, whether it's a phone or a tablet, but I want to get you uh, the picture as you're watching this, that, that your notification bar just, just dings. You see a, a message pop up there from either Facebook or, or, or Twitter or whatever you are, are on it and you click on it. Don't, don't do it right now, but as you click on it and, and you look at that message and you can't believe what it is. At first you think it's some type of a scammer because, because the message is from a famous person. In fact, it's not just any famous person, but somebody that you think highly of, whether it's a musician or an entertainer or a sports celebrity or a politician. And it's not just any message, but they are asking for you to come to be a part of their team, to kind of come and serve as their personal assistants. Maybe you're their social media manager and and they want you to, to come and to, and to travel with them and to, to follow them everywhere that they go to be able to handle a lot of their affairs. Of course, you, you jump at that chance. Anybody would, would, would give anything to be able to, to do this kind of position. In fact, they're going to pay you well for it. And as you, you get to know them and, and you get to start working with them, they, you end up going places that you thought you never would, traveling around the world, enjoying all of the perks that celebrities, that celebrities get. But as time goes on, you're with this person. Your relationship changes. It's no longer so much of a, a celebrity fan or an employer-employee relationship, but, but you begin to, 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 to have a bond with one another. So much so that when the rest of the entourage is going, they ask you to stay because they just want to chat with you. Sometimes asking for advice. Other times just wanting to, to get to know you better. And time and time again, you continue to, to prove yourself to them and you're with them. And, and as the years go on, you gain even in more trust and they begin to ask you to handle some of their affairs and, and, and so much so that, that they trust you with pretty much all that they have. And then as the days go on, maybe they're no longer here, but someone approaches you, a book publisher, and ask you to write a biography of that person. And you jump at the chance, it's gonna be a bestseller, so not, uh, you're gonna love that. But as you begin to write this, this book, you begin to, to show not just the history of this person or the things that this person was able to accomplish, but, but through these pages and the words that you are writing, you begin to convey the relationship that you had with them. You know, as we begin our study in the Gospel of John, I want you to think of, of this book not so much as, 
as a, 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 a book of, of history, although it, it definitely is that. Not so much of a, a, a book of theology, although it is deep theological truth. Not a book of morality, although it contains on how we are to live. But I want you to see this biography as almost as a, a love letter showing the relationship between Jesus and the Apostle John, but also and how God, through His Son Jesus, has chosen to love you and to love and to love me. See, John is, is different than the other, the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and, and, and Luke. Uh, it, it is written differently. Um, and, and it approaches uh, different um, parts of Jesus' life and ministry differently than, than they would. And that's because they were different people, come from different backgrounds, have different experiences. Matthew was a tax collector. Jesus called them from that immoral, corrupt uh, life into to following him. And, and Luke was a medical doctor. And so he was writing differently than they ever. He was not an apostle, although he was closely associated with the apostles. So he was reporting uh, the, the, the facts and being able to, to kind of analyze all of the evidence to put together his gospel. But then John comes, and, and John's relationship was different than with Jesus and the others. For John was known as the one whom Jesus loved. And that love was expressed both ways. John loved Jesus as well. John was in the inner circle of, of, of Jesus, is known as the, the three disciples, which would be James and John, who are the, 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 the sons of Zebedee, they are the brothers, and, and the apostle Peter. John spent, had access to Jesus unlike anybody else did. And I think we can see that reflected in his writing of this gospel because it is full of emotion. You know, the gospel of John has been referred to as, as this, it's, that it's deep enough for an elephant to swim and it's shallow enough for a child not to drown. There is some deep theological truths in this book. And we're going to explore them, and we are going to enjoy, and we are going to grow from them. But it is shallow enough. It is plain enough for a child to be able to understand and to comprehend it. Oftentimes when I'm uh, encountering with a, a new believer or someone who is just kind of wanting to get to know about Christianity, I will point them to the Gospel of John because it is so clear that but oftentimes it's easy for them to understand. But as we begin this, this gospel, I love how John begins it. We, we call it the, the prologue, the first 18 of verses of, of chapter 1. It's almost as, as if it is a, a poetry. In fact, some theologians have referred to this, this prologue as a, as a poetry. The words are just beautiful. They flow from our mouths. It's almost as, as if an orchestra is warming up, getting ready to play a masterpiece. So right now, I want you to picture the orchestra has already tuned their instruments. The, the conductor stands up on the podium and he ha pulls up his baton and he is about to start the overture. 
as we read these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The prologue, the gospel according to John. First thing we see in these, in these first 18 verses is that Jesus is the word jesus is the word now the word word it's a powerful word it means many different things and and when we are picturing ourselves reading this letter it was written to a specific people at a specific time in at around 55 or so a a.d to a a a Greek speaker, a Greek philosopher in, in the first century, they would see word, they would think of, of logic and reasoning, the mind of, uh, of, a, of a person being able to, to think. But to a, a Hebrew, a G Jewish person in the first century, when they would see word, they would think of, of the, the, the Mosaic law, the, the, the Torah, the, the first, the Old Testament of our, of our Christian Bible. But words for us, we would, we would think of communication, right? Words we we read words on on a page, we speak words from our mouth. Words have great meaning; they have great power. But here we see that that the word is a person, and that word is Jesus Christ. See, we are told from this passage, it's not ironic that we see in verse 1, verse, chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning. Where else do we see that? Well, you go all the way back 
to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So here we see that Jesus was not created, but he has always existed from the beginning of time. And we see that Jesus himself is God. He is the creator. In verse 3, it says that all things were made through him. All things, everything. And without him not, was not anything made that was made. Right? God, Jesus has had his hands involved in everything from the beginning of the world. He has existed from all time. Jesus is the creator and all things exist for his glory. But Jesus is also both the life and the light. Look at verse 5. It says that the light shines in, in the darkness, and, and the darkness has, has not overcome it. What is light? Well, light is our source of, of, of life, right? We, we, we need the, the sun. We need light to, to live. We need that vitamin D. Right? It helps our crops, our plants to be able to, to grow. It is our energy source. But we see this light. Where does it come from? It comes from, from God. For he said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. But we see this dichotomy this, between this, the light and, and darkness. Now, obviously, we know that darkness is the absence of, of light, but, but here in this passage, it's not just meaning literally day and night, but it has great spiritual meaning. For light is associated with, with what is right, honorable, true, and, and good, whereas darkness is seen as, as corrupt, as bad, as, as evil. And we're going to see this contrast between light and darkness throughout John's, throughout John's gospel. So Jesus is the Word. He is God. He has existed from the beginning of time. But we also see that Jesus is the Son of God. Now in verse, uh, in verse 6, we're, we're introduced to a, a man named John the Baptist. Now, here in John's Gospel, he's not referred to as the Baptist, just as John. And that is because, as John, as the author of this Gospel, he does not refer to himself as, by name. So he says, John, which is, we know, John, John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was a cousin of Jesus, born earlier. He was a little bit older than, than Jesus. He was the, the forerunner of, of Christ. And so John's purpose in life was to go before Jesus and to make him known. So he was telling the world that the light, that Jesus was, was coming and he was coming to give light to everyone who came to believe in him. You see, Jesus came to bring light into the world, but the world rejected him. The world has chosen to remain in darkness. It did in Jesus' day. It is done through century after century after century till today. The world has chosen to remain in darkness. Look at verse 11. It says that he came 
to his own and his own people did not receive him. They chose to remain in the darkness. Even his own people did so. But look what happens to those who choose to believe. Verses 12 and 13, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're going to see this. This idea of being born again later on in John chapter 3 when Jesus meets with a, a Pharisee named Nicodemus at night. But you see, Jesus can, comes to bring life to call those. He gives, Jesus gives us the right to become children of God. We don't earn it on our own. No, it is a gift, and we're going to explore that even further here in a moment. But we see that, that Jesus is the Word in the flesh. The Word who has become flesh. You see, Jesus is God, but He is God in the flesh. See, Jesus he was born as a baby, but then he grew up and he walked like us. He talked like us. He, he was tempted like us, and yet he was unlike us in that he never sinned. John tells us that Jesus dwelt among us. Mm, think about it. Jesus dwelt among us. This word dwell, it, it gives this notion of to, to pitch a tent, right? It, it's taking up residence. Look, look I'm going to come in and stay a while. And this would have particular meaning for, 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 the, uh, for the Hebrews, the, the people of, 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 of the Jewish people. Because God dwelt among them through the tabernacle in the Old Testament, which was which was a tent. And so here, they no longer need a, a tent to, to, to experience God, but God in the flesh had pitched his own tent. He had come in bodily form to live among them. See, Jesus is the very presence of God who came to earth. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Son of God, and, and through Him we receive grace upon grace. It's where grace, it, it comes from the, the Greek word of to rejoice. Get the sense of, of beauty, of favor, of, of delight. It's a beautiful word that we use often. See, grace is something that, that you don't earn. No, it is, it is given. We don't deserve, we don't deserve grace. But it comes rather from, from the Word, from the Son of God. And through Jesus Christ, the Apostle John tells us that we receive grace upon 
grace. See, God's grace is unending. For those who believe Him, who are His children, He extends grace freely. And, and it's not just a one time, it's a, it's a continual thing. It's each and every day we get this renewing of grace and our, our, our grace cups are, are filled up. And it only comes through Christ. Grace is a gift, maybe the greatest gift we could ever receive. But through John, through this gospel, we're going to see this contrast here between the law and grace. In verse 17, it says, For, for, for now the law was, was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Now, John isn't anti-law. No, he's not. He's, I mean, the law is, is good for us, right? It's, it's, it's good to not murder. Right? It is good not to lie or to steal or to commit adultery. Those are good things. But the law does not save us. See, the law just shows us that we need a Savior. And that Savior... That Savior is the Word, the Son of God in the flesh who came to dwell among us. And He offers salvation to us, not by, for us by being good enough, not, but rather by admitting how bad we are. You see, we must accept this free gift of salvation, this gracious gift that He gives us, and He will wipe away our sins. Forgive them as if it were never done in the first place. I want you to put yourself in John's shoes here. And John is, is, is writing this some, you know, 50 or so years after Jesus had, had ascended into heaven. And John says this. He says that no one, no one had ever seen God until God came to dwell among his people through Jesus. Wow. No one had ever seen God. They saw glimpses, but, but Jesus is God in the flesh. How powerful. How powerful that is and how much Jesus meant to John. Oh, this, this letter, this love letter that we get to experience is gracious. It is a gift of God's grace that we get to experience it ourselves. Only because it points us to the gift giver. So what are we to do with Jesus, with the Word, with the light? Well, we are to focus on the Word. Focus on the Word, right? We, we have right now more communication than, than in the history of the world. I mean, we have 
many voices that are speaking into our minds. In fact, many times they are yelling into our minds. We have marketing that tells you that, that you're not good enough the way you are. You need to look a certain way. We have politicians that tell us that, that if you don't vote for them or this specific party, that the world is going to end. Everything is down to this election. And at least in my time, we keep on having election after election. We have the news media that, that demonizes the people that disagrees with them, whether it's on the left or on, on the right. There are so many voices so many words that are demanding our attention. But to be honest, they don't deserve our attention. Now we need to tune out these worldly voices. Later on in John's gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, is that the thief, Jesus says this, he says, the thief comes to only to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now these worldly voices may not physically kill you, but I know that they are robbing so many people right now of their joy. See, when we are consumed by these worldly influences, you are not living an abundant life, I tell you. Rather, we are to focus on the word to focus on Jesus right God has revealed himself to us through his son and we get to know Jesus personally through a relationship with him through through prayer we also do it through through reading his written word read the Bible. Spend time in prayer. You know, I have never met a person that felt that they were wasting their time through reading the Bible and in praying. And now on the flip side, I have met many people who have regretted that they don't read and pray more. Don't be a person of regret. So to focus on the Word. Secondly, we are to point people to the light. For those of us that are, are believers in Jesus Christ, we are to point other people to Jesus. Right? We are to be the John the Baptist. We are to be that witness about the light. We, we are to keep our eyes on the light, on Jesus, and we are to shine that light wherever we go. And lastly, we are to extend grace upon grace. We live in a cancel culture. I were, you say the wrong thing or you, you, you mess up, you do the wrong thing, and boom, we're done with you. You can't redeem yourself. We're, we just, we just, you're canceled. But that's not the image that we see in the Bible. For no, we have a Savior who offers grace upon grace. And nobody deserves grace but we are to give it freely. Now, I found that, at least I know it's true in my own life, is that we tend to hold other people to higher standards than we hold ourselves. 
But we need to reverse that. We need to hold ourselves to a higher standard than we do to others. We need to extend that grace. You see, the world is dark. We live in darkness. The Bible tells us that we know it. We've experienced it. And so instead of us canceling someone, why don't we share with them how they too can become a child of God? Jesus is the Word. We're to focus on that Word. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the light of the world. We are to point people to that light. And we are to extend grace upon grace. Why? Because we have received grace upon grace. If you're watching today, and if you have not yet believed in Jesus, as a son of God, trusting in him alone for your salvation. I plead with you to do so today. He will offer you, he's offering you that grace. He's offering you this free gift of salvation to, to save you from your sins to where you can go from being in darkness to being in light, from being an enemy of God to being a child of God. All you have to do so want to admit how bad you are, that you are a sinner. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We know that the wages of that sin is death, but the free gift of God is salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Accept that free gift. Repent of your sin. It just means to turn away from your sin and turn and give your life and to live Christ. Are you ready to do that? Please give your life to Christ today. If you're thinking about it, maybe you have questions, please, please reach out to me. All right, please, you can uh, do it a couple of ways. Go to our website, cbcmaysville.church. Uh, go to slash connect, cbcmaysville.church slash connect. There's a short form. Fill that out, and, and I'll get in touch with you. You can also call or text our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY, 305-707-7729. Because let me tell you, I, 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 this decision to follow Jesus is not one to be taken lightly, but it is one that will change your life dramatically. God chose to dwell among us through the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we may have life and we may have it abundantly. God bless. Pastor Adam again. Thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is He calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. 
I would love to hear your feedback on our weekly podcast. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. Next week, we're going to look at John the Baptist, who is Jesus's cousin, and how John came before Jesus to prepare the way so that the world would see that Jesus is the Son of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. You won't want to miss it. Please check us out on our website at cbcmaysville.com. There you can see, uh, see and listen to our past messages, as well as join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045 Eastern Time. Well, I look forward to joining you again next week for Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. God bless.